Steve? Nick. Steve? Are you out, you're out there. <laughs> Is there anybody out there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm all right. We're connecting over the interweb. This yeah, week. we're not together uh, again to do this little uh, preamble. We tried though, didn't we, Nick? We tried to get together today on Sunday to do uh, to do an, another episode of the podcast, but we failed. Failed. I know. I, I know. I know. And I blame you for that, Steve. Well, it's not my fault. It's the train's fault. It was rail replacement bus services today, which meant it would take me ages to get down to see you. I hate that, but luckily I've already informed Jeremy Corbyn and his team. Fantastic. We should, we, yeah, we should tweet him. We should tell him that he's holding back scientific innovation by um, not not having the trains running on time. It's just no, not good enough. No, he's already, he's on it. He's on it. And oh, he is on it. It's not turning, his fault. No, he's turning up with his gang of um, people and camera people to document it. Mm, yeah, well. So so what's everyone got to look forward to uh, this week, Nick? Loads of exciting stuff. Like we're what? Gonna be, well, we're going to be talking again a bit about chimeras, which we touched on a few weeks ago now. Um, there's a little story about a, a, a lawsuit that was recently, well, not recently, a few years ago, actually. Uh, it's based on actually a, a scientific paper as well. And we're going to be putting that up on Twitter, aren't we? Yeah, there's a New England Journal of Medicine article, wasn't it? Exactly. So yeah. you can have a when you when you hear that a bit later on in this podcast, you can go back to the original source material if you want and have a we quick should, look. We should definitely post that more so we can actually be the scientists we purport to be, you know, actually linking to source data. Well, no, don't, Steve. People will find out that I'm actually not a scientist. <laughs> like the grown ups will find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're also talking about um, uh, an interesting paper I found by a kind of very famous author who doesn't typically publish uh, scientific journals. And you get to find out who, what that is. What that, is. Um, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Steve. And then we were talking a little bit of Greek and Latin, aren't we, Nick? That, as, as we like to. I think as any of our listeners know, we're clearly very uh, you know, erudite. We're quite often... Talk, yeah, you know, we always do that. Yeah, exactly. So there's a little bit of that. So it's quite a diverse uh, set this week. It is. It's exciting. Another right. history corner. Another history corner with the new jingle yeah. and everything. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, should we get on with it? Yeah, let's take it away. All right, let's go. Cue the music. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Petri, Isaac, Transplanting. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast. Science Shed. Yeah, we are. Here we are, Nick, back again. Where are we today, Steve? In another location. We do like to move our podcast around, don't we? Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? We get to see the world. Well, bits of London, really. Elephant and Castle. Exactly. You don't yeah, expect maybe to see the kind of great plains of the US, the mountains, you know, but no. Just We're in a very Carson. respectable flat. It's lovely, isn't One it? of your friends, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, one, one of my friends. He's, he's allowed us to kind of crash his house or his flat um, so we can ramble, talk stupid things at each other for a What a hero. So. I really feel very grateful to James yeah. and Nikki. Um, Nikki. Yeah, that's really nice of them to let us into their... Lovely flat. I think I've already made myself unwelcome. Yeah. Well, I washed my hands in the bathroom. Yeah. And I went to wipe my hands. So I wiped my hands and I realised it's someone's dressing gown. <laughs> Not sure whether Nicky's or James is. <laughs> All right. So really ingratiating yourself. Yeah. This, like, and, you, and you poured some water on the carpet straight away, oh, didn't you? A bit of water. <laughs> only, a, only a touch. You literally can't take you well, anywhere. Well, at least it wasn't a cup of tea. That's true. Yeah. Right. Well, you can have no, no staining... Uh, nothing, nothing of any dark colour. I think. You could, uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm hygienic today. I've, <laughs> I've, I've had a shower. 
Yes, and um, everything's good. So are we ready to crack on, aren't we? Crack on with a bit of, with some science goodness. I think you've got some juicy bits for me today, Steve. I've haven't always you? got some juicy science. Bring it on. <laughs> So you've been to a conference, right? Yeah. Where did oh, you go? In Sweden? Uh, yes, very. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that Swedish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Nick sounds really impressive here, like he's just picked up a bit of Swedish, but, but actually his girlfriend's Swedish. So. Yeah, you're totally little Svensk. <laughs> um, no, I can't speak Swedish at all because I'm a loser and I haven't learned enough. <laughs> I can say some rude say? words. I said, yes, I speak a little Swedish. Okay. Yeah, I can also say, can I have a cup of tea? Okay. Can you afford a cup of tea, Tack? Good. Kopitia. Kop- quite similar to I English. know uh, forest elf in Swedish. That's it. <laughs> Which is what? Skooks elva. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Skook, skooks means wood, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah, wood yeah. Skuggen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I um, I can also... There's another type of elf they have in Sweden called a rump troll. <laughs> what the It's an a arse troll? troll. I don't really know. It means arse troll. I think they're little mischievous fellas that hang like around imps. in the undergrowth. Impish kind of, strange little impish... Um, so naughty elves Naughty elves and What yeah. do they do? I don't really know They carry people off <laughs> In the night Children away like, in the night I think they're a little bit Kind of um, mis- mis- Mischievous On the side of evil Evil, evil <laughs> They elves. carry away small children If they misbehave That right. sort of thing They've got very dark Kind of um, Folklore in Sweden Right In yeah, all well. of those Scandic countries But anyway yeah So I went to a conference there um, in a place called Uppsala, Uppsala, which is near Stockholm. Yeah, very good university. And very nice it was too. Really? It's kind of weird, these kind of crossover conferences. So I'm, I work in regenerative medicine. So there's kind of some people who are like more engineering, like they're engineer materials, material uh-huh. scientists. And then you've got your biology type people. Right. And, the, and they're kind of different in their approach. They come together to com- and they, they can't speak the same language. Well, it's mainly it? in the way they dress. Oh, re- oh that's good. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Well, so right. uh, well basically, engineering... So, so, so to start off, it's all bad, all terribly dressed, right? That's the way I presume. No, I disagree. Oh, well, Some really? people are very snappily dressed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Not the engineers, I'd imagine. Uh, uh, well... They're kind of more more conservative. So right. basically, engineers uh-huh. wear suits to conferences. No. Yeah, and doctors do too. What? Medical people and engineers, they wear suits to conferences. Like full on two piece. Even suit. if they're not talking, they wander around in a jacket yeah, and a tie. With a tie, sometimes, sometimes with a shirt, but definitely like suit wow. trousers. So that is shoes. not that is not the same. For in biology, you don't do that either. You no. wear like a pullover with a hole in it. Yeah. But it's kind of like you don't quite know what to do so i i'm not a was very it like west side story where all the like the people in suits are on one side of the room and uh, all all of the kind of all the, all the nerds with <laughs> like with, been, with moth-eaten clothes on the other no it wasn't it, it's uh, uh no um the people that wear um suits to the engineers and generally there's mi- there's mixing going on yeah but i think the suit wearing people kind of make the ju- holy jumper people feel a bit bad so they end up dressing up a bit oh right so like, i found myself because like, I'm so Nick. Nick does not normally wear I'm a suit. I'm a scruffy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unusual to find me with with a garment that doesn't have so some when, stain or when hole you in came, it. When you came down to Cambridge and we went for dinner, you had to wear a suit, and it, and I said it was like it was like watching when a dog puts a flea collar on for the first time. It just looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't very happy about it. Um, but uh, yeah, so this yeah, I, I found myself wearing shoes. Uh huh. So I'd often just wear trainers, a pair of jeans. I put so shoes re- on so and I actually, bought... You, you dressed up. I dressed conference. up and I took my, like, my best jeans. Because <laughs> I've got, Sunday like, best. 
I've got four pairs of jeans, <laughs> all of which are probably from H&M, because I know which ones fit me. Right. Because I'm a bit of a fatty in, these in days. 2009 I'm a strangely shaped man, so I have to have a special fitted <laughs> jeans from only one shop. <laughs> so, yeah, so I get these jeans and they fit. They don't like, I, I don't like it with jeans when you bend over and your ass comes out of mm. the back. So these jeans, they don't like, you put the belt on and you bend over and your ass doesn't fly up. I'm glad people were tuning in to hear us. Hear us the kind of cutting edge of science. <laughs> 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 but anyway, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I wore a, I wore a shirt and um, like a kind of nice a shirt that mm-hmm. I'd ironed. Mm-hmm. I've used an iron in the hotel room. Right. So it's a bit unusual for me. Right. Cause, like I just feel like I. I and did you feel a bit more empowered? Did you, did you a bit more like? Did you know what? Do you feel a little more confident talking? Oh, I, I um I don't know about that. I just felt like I fitted in better. Right. Yeah, I didn't want to sort of look like. I don't know. Like, yeah, because it was definitely the sort of environment where you, it was expected that you weren't in right. a t-shirt and shorts, which okay. is what you know I'd wear at us. But intellectually, how was the conference? It was yeah, it was good. It was it was like it was in tissue engineering, so yeah. it's to do with um, trying to grow replacement body parts right. in a dish sometimes in a bioreactor. Mm-hmm. Um, so which just means like a bucket, right? It's a bucket, yeah. yeah. It's basically a bucket which has got a stirrer. In yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> we like to we like to make it sound more complicated than it is. But yeah, but it was. I mean, there were a lot. There were interesting talks. I uh, had my students presented posters. Oh, fantastic! How do they do? Uh, one of my students presented a talk. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did really well. I think it's quite a broad conference, so there's lots of different um, types of research. So people from different backgrounds. It's a very broad church. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know and that reflects the attire that people were wearing. I don't know how many people are there. There was probably a thousand people. Oh, so it's a reasonable conference. It was a big conference, and it was in a posh kind of hall in part of Uppsala. Um, but the conference dinner was the best bit. Really, was it good? Yeah, it was in a castle. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like you know, um, sometimes a conference dinner can be a fairly um, what's the word rudimentary kind mm. of meal. This was a posh meal, right? And it was in a castle, and um, yeah, there was like. Uh, delicious food, long tables, wine flowing freely. That's good. Yeah, so we had a really good. We at the conference dinner in Hong Kong, they had one. You know those kind of like Chinese dogs, the little dancing people that get dressed up. It's yeah, two of them. They had that, um, and they did a little little routine for us at the beginning. It was like lots of banging of drums. And well, hang on a minute. Yeah, Chinese dogs dancing dogs. No, 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 not really a dog. You know, like a you know like a like a on trained a dogs. Drag- <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, didn't no. think. <coughs> No, no, no. You know, there's like, uh, like they do dragons too. Those kind oh, of oh puppets. Uh, yeah, the puppets. Well, they're not really puppets because there's two human beings in them. You know? Oh, they're like a d- man and a donkey. <laughs> yeah, like a man and a donkey. Yeah, yeah. But oh, it was right, a do- okay. but it's a, a kind of like but it's like dog. Co- slightly more cultural. Yeah, than exactly. That, man and a donkey. It was yeah, it was good. It's amazing what fun you can have at conferences, isn't it, mm. Steve? We should go to more, shouldn't we? We should. So I came across this paper. <laughs> Great. Um, it's uh, it's in the Journal American, the, the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA. Sometimes that's called. That's actually a, a very prestigious journal. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good journal, right? And good it's group, a, was it? It's, a, it's well, it's a single author paper, which is unusual in, in science to get. Is it a review article? It's it's more of a kind of special communication, is what special what they, communication. That's what they call it. Yeah. By one person. By one person. So normally in science, you know, normally science now is done in a team. You normally have a few people working together to try and get something done. 
Um, and this one's this one's by uh, by a person called Barack Obama, JD. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh right, right. So right. so so it's a it's a paper. JD, uh, Juris Doctor. What's that mean? That means he's a lawyer. Is he? Yeah, 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 he's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's called uh, United States Healthcare Reform: Progress to Date and Next Steps. So he, he he's written an actual research kind of level ish ish article i mean when you read it it sounds a little bit it's a little bit self-indulgent but it's fair enough he is the president and when you click on it so normally when you look at a research article you click on the little button it says the their affiliation so when you click on your name it'll say the university of southampton after it when you click on on this one in this paper it just says author affiliation president of the united states of america <laughs> washington dc <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's a how prop- the hell did he have time to write a paper um, he didn't do it did he you don't i i, I think i mean well, i don't know i mean it's Maybe he did. Do you, you think get he did? Some you think he's too busy? Staffer, probably. Some like, but then they should get acknowledged on the paper, don't you think? Uh, you're right. Actually, it would be actually it would be, be dishonest, and you, we can't do that. If someone, you know, if we if we, someone works hard on a bit of research, you yeah. Have to so okay, Google. I I agree. He must have written it then. Right. So he's written it. We we've logicked it. He must have done it. So basically, it's a it's a paper where he goes through and makes a lot of kind of like uh, quantitative. There's lots of graphs in it. I'm showing Nick the graphs right now about how the uh, Affordable Health Care Act, or the Obamacare, has actually had a kind of positive influence on, you know, American society. Um, but he did the graphs. He, well, someone's done the graphs. He's, well, he, he, he's made graphs here. Look, this graphs a little spot. So he must lines. have done the graphs. He must have done, yeah. He wouldn't, it would be, it would be, um, what's the word for dishonesty in science? Uh, was like scientific integrity or like it, Yeah, it's, a, it's an integrity issue. Yeah. That, so yeah. he must have done them. He's never going to get tenure, is he? If he, if he keeps doing that, um, yeah. So that he kind of goes through and talks about how much how it's working and where did he get the? Is there any methods? There's, uh, it says data from the series labelled medical expenditure panels were derived from. He, yeah, I mean, he's he's taken them from from other sources, databases by Claxton as hell, two thousand and sixteen. So he's he's been he's had a read around. Well, allegedly, yeah. So, is there any acknowledgements? There's no acknowledgements. It's quite an interesting bit at the end, right? So he says the last bit is the kind of looking forward after he said how great what he's done is, is actually quite interesting, saying lessons for future policymakers. So he says something like, while historians will draw their own conclusions about the broader implications of the Affordable Care Act, I have my own. These lessons learned are not just for posterity. I've put them in practice in both healthcare policy and other areas of public policy throughout my presidency. And he talks about how hopefully that, 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 that people will read this and actually kind of learn lessons. And then one of, the, one of his points is quite interesting. I, I wonder what you think about it. So he says, the second lesson uh, is is that special interests pose a continued obstacle to change. We work successfully with some healthcare organizations and groups, such as uh, major hospital associations, to redirect excessive Medicare payments to federal subsidies for the uninsured. Yet others, like the pharmaceutical industry, oppose any change to drug, po- uh, to drug policy. So he's having a pop at them. Well, interesting. So you see, no matter how uh, profitable and modest, because they believe it threatens projects. We need to continue to tackle special interest dollars in politics, but we also need to reinforce the sense of mission in healthcare that has brought us affordable polio vaccine and widely available penicillin. Oh. So it's quite a balanced argument there, where he's basically saying that, 
yeah, we need a bit of both. We, well, we need that. We need the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, uh, uh, but they're also we they need shouldn't to, run the show exactly show. because they're all kind of. So, what do you think about that? What do you you? Uh, do what you kind about of him writing? A, I mean, I haven't read the paper. No, but, but just I that agree in, with that those general. kind of sentiments. But, yeah. So, the, you know, there's a kind of tendency. Be pragmatic about things. But, I yeah. mean, the problem in the US is there's so many lobby groups and there's no rules about how. I don't want to turn this into a particular <laughs> political thing. Yeah. So I know very little about it, but it's my understanding that there aren't really limits on the amount of funding that a party can get. So you can almost buy influence through right. a lobby group in the US. And the pharmaceutical industry, like, like got the a lot gun of money. lobby, yeah, they've yeah. got a lot of money and they've got vested interests. So. So but it's interesting that he actually he's actually bringing that up in an article that you kind of that they do do some good, yeah. but you can't let them run the show. I think yeah. it's quite interesting. There's a bit of controversy around that article as well. Do you want to know what that is? Yeah, what is it? Have you heard of the open access movement? Open, well, the, yeah, of course. So, so, so you're making research available to everyone, uh, exactly. anyone at any point. So, so, so to explain to everybody yeah. out there, it's basically that if your research is funded by um, taxpayers, then um, the taxpayers should be able to see the date, the, the results. Seems they totally shouldn't fair. be hidden from. But often what happens is you have a journal system where um, scientists will publish in a particular journal and then the journal charges a subscription fee, usually to like a university library. So, so but that means that like, any, you know, your usual, your average punter, he can't go and look at it. So what happens is you look on the BBC website, it says they've made this massive advancement in, I don't know, cancer treatment. And then there's a link to the primary research article. And when you click on that, you can't actually get access to the to the no. actual paper that people... No. You can only get the, the BBC bad approximation of actually what yeah. went on. And that's a bad thing. So they've changed the rules. So now all of the funding councils in the UK and also in America as well, to some extent, they stipulate that if your research is funded by the taxpayer, mm. then it has to be made open access. That sounds a good thing. So do you think that Obama's... Well, this, this, this one about the, the Affordable Health Care yeah, yeah. It's who, not open access. No. Who do you think pays for the president? I reckon probably the American electorate does. Yeah, so he's broken the law. That he that he implemented? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, that. So there's a guy, I, for, I forget that's his name, but maybe really we'll... We'll find his name at the end of the podcast. Yeah. But he's the, one of the uh, leading open access advocates. He wrote an open letter. <laughs> right, Pointing out that the um, that the president has broken the uh, law. Has, has, but has he... <laughs> has, he's broken the law is probably quite strong. No, he uh, has. Really? That's what he's... He has broken the law. But could he... Could he? I thought we could make it. I'm sure, that, I'm sure he can probably afford to make it open access. He could probably pay for that. Yeah, I think it's probably. I think he's said, got a bubble it too. said basically he's at the bottom of, of the article. I don't know whether you can see it at the bottom of the article, but yeah. it's a copyright. It by does such say copyright. Such. Cambridge University. Yeah. yeah. Well, copy, that's just because you paid the. Oh, subs. sorry. Copyright uh, Medical Medical Association. Yeah. Exactly. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. So the president of the United States of the America. It's a common criminal. <laughs> hey Nick, we're back. Hey Steve. Do you remember a while ago we talked about chimeras? Chimeras, yeah, I do. You're half yeah. lion, half something. What was it? Ha- half lion, half snake, half goat. And actually, I was right. You were. We looked it up. Oh afterwards. my god, you were so amazing. right. I was pretty pleased about that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, we. I won't go into what a chimera is uh, in too much detail again, but we use them in biology, and they're kind of like an organism composed of one or more original cell types. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to this at the end. Yeah. Anyway. There's an interesting story from kind of um, humans. Yeah. Right? Um, And it's to do with um, a a paternity case, a lawsuit. So basically what happened, to give you a bit of background, there was some argument over alimony 
money for a for a, a woman about to have a child and mm-hmm. um, parental payments yeah. for the child. Okay, so um, they went to court basically to try and get the the father, the presumed father. I know where this is going already. Okay, yeah, go to have a, um, a DNA test. A DNA test, yeah, to find out whether he was the father of the baby, right? So yeah. they they tested his DNA and the mother's DNA, yeah. right? And basically, he was the father of the child, sorted out. Right. But do you know what they found out? What? She wasn't the mother of the child. What? Even though she'd given birth to the child, she'd had the baby in her womb and given birth to the child, she wasn't the mother of the child. What? How can this happen? That's what they thought. So they assumed that she was a fraud. A big, a big liar. They assumed that she was some kind of liar because it's pretty categorical, genetic evidence, yeah? People invest a lot of faith in genetic evidence. No, I mean, but I mean, it's my, my understanding of DNA fingerprinting and such is that it's very... It's when when things aren't a match, you can be very sure, you know. Whereas the, whereas the, where to say someone is 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 or is not the, their parent is is a kind of statistical uh, analysis. But when it's not true, they can be incredibly confident. Uh, I think in both cases you can be reasonably confident. I, d- I don't actually know the details, so you might, you've you've got one over on me there. Right. Um, I thought it was pretty specific. You could oh. pin someone down very specifically if it was them, and chances would be one in a million. I mean, yeah. that's how DNA evidence works. Yeah, sure. Anyway, basically, she wasn't the mother of the, the child. And, and she, she knew, actually she had... Knew, she knew she'd had this baby. So she, she'd, right. she'd been in hospital, she she'd had, had a year old, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that. But obviously and the courts thought, well, there's some substitutes going on here. I think, the, the, I think the, you probably, if you had to guess... Biological evidence can't be wrong. Yeah. Anyway, the lawyer in this in this case obviously was convinced as well she was telling the truth, wasn't yeah. child. He found articles in the paper. Basically, what had happened was this woman was a chimera. Wow. So she had two two types of DNA in her. Well, do you know what do you know what identical twins are? I do. Yeah. <laughs> What's an identical twin, Steve? Tell me how it's formed. Well, uh, an ident- uh, so an identical twin is when you when the uh, embryo, the zygote, forms. And then and then then splits at an early age, right? Yeah. So it's one sperm, one egg. Yeah. Starts to form one person, but then it'll split very early. And on. then those two things put, kind of progress independently. Yeah. Do you know what non-identical twins? Well, are? when there's two two eggs, two eggs, two, two sperms. sperms. Do you know what can happen sometimes? What can happen sometimes? You so you what would happen is two two sperm fertilize two different eggs. Yeah. Normally that would form two individuals. Yeah. Who would be as closely related as. Brother and sister, sister, brother yeah. and sister. Sometimes they can fuse together not long afterwards and form one individual person. So you can be one individual person with individual thoughts, dreams, all the rest of it, but you're ultimately composed so how does of that work? two separate individuals. But how does that work? So so do you end up with kind of is it kind of like split down the middle? Like, is it, you know, do you end up with different organs that have different DNA? Like, It's a good question, and it can vary quite considerably, right? right? So in the case of this woman, this is what had happened to her. Right. It turns out she was a chimera. So she was composed of two individual genetic origins, two sperms, two eggs, fused after, soon after fertilization. So she was almost as if she She was the auntie of the, of the kid, basically. So basically what had happened was when the... So you can test cells from the body. Yeah. Right? The cells which had given rise to her, the egg, which yeah. had made her baby, yeah. were different from the cells which had been taken from the mouth swab or her blood sample. Right, right, right. All right? So the cells that they'd taken... But they're only going to be as different as uh, a sibling. She was as closely registered to the baby as an auntie would be. Yeah, okay, get it. Yeah, so she was like the auntie to the child. That's so weird. It's kind of quite weird, isn't it? 
Yeah. So 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 basically, all of the cells, or the ones they took at least from the mouth swab, were from one. They had one set of DNA from one person. Yeah, and I, we we talked about this earlier on. But you can make chimeras artificially in the lab. So you can fuse two embryos, or you can take some cells that you've right. grown in dish, embryonic stem cells, and put them in a developing embryo, and then plant them back in the mouse. So you kind of trick them. And if you use a brown and a white mouse, you end up with a mouse which is composed. We which said looks it's patchy. patchy yeah. yeah. So if those cells were pigmented yeah. in in the fusion event in this this woman, yeah. then you would have been able to spot which. So what about if what, what if our auntie was ginger, and like she was? She would like, have patchy hair. If some of them, ginger. only if part of the scalp was composed of one cell type and part That's of the cell type. But the interesting thing about that story is as well, this woman is totally normal. You can have people who are, so if there's a, a person, if, if the two early embryos which fuse are yeah. the same sex, you will be normal, okay? If they're from two different genders, uh-huh. so you can have, obviously, have non-identical twins, a boy and a girl. Sure. You can have infertility and intersex characteristics. Yeah. And it's thought that a, that a higher than sort of anticipated percentage of people walking around today are actually chimeras. Ooh. And you would never know. That's exciting, isn't it? You wouldn't know unless you had, you had an argument about, <laughs> about a baby you were going to have. Well, because no, you also don't know where where they're chimeric, right? So so if I suppose if you're if you're saying it's in your mouth and in your and in your um, gametes in your in your sex cells. That's yeah. different to like you know. Is your pancreas any different? Is your skin different? You know these kind of things. But I just find it really weird. It's it's interesting to think that you, you know this sort of a vegetative thing, isn't there? Like you bud off. You know you can you can have this sort of um, non-identical twin. You bud off an one evil indi- twin. One individual buds off to form yeah. two separate people because identical twins are unambiguously individuals. Indeed. Even though they've got certain weird mind melt things. Yeah. Going. <laughs> Right, but then you can tests. have two of them in kind of a mashup, so you could be fused with your, you know, my brother or my sister or whatever, right. and end up living an individual life. It just so how do we kind of make? Why don't we test it? We we're, we're in the position to be able to test this for ourselves. What do you work mean? out if we're chimeric? Uh, we should look into it. Well, it takes scrapings from every part of my body, <laughs> <laughs> and then test. It's yeah. I wonder what the percentage of that is. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. And you know what? A good way. I've just thought of a way of testing because if, if intersex people, there's a lot of intersex people mm. we know about them. You could probably find out if there was a higher proportion. The frequency of chimerism in in intersex people, not transgender, intersex. Sorry, intersex people. In intersex people, and then from that statistically, you could probably work it out. Right. Let's do that for next time, Steve. All right. Let's do that, Nick. Great. Steve, you're a finicky bastard, aren't you? Hells yes. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be a scientist? I, I would say so, yeah. You sure? 
Well, you're making me making me question my own existence here. Are yeah. you a scientist or I a man of science? Oh, <coughs> I like that. I don't know where this is going, but I like the <laughs> distinction. I would I would call myself a scientist. Scientist famously was a derogatory term, wasn't it? The the the, the, the so natural philosopher uh, was the uh, kind of uh, establishment's view of, of of the profession, and it was actually a derogatory term which we've reappropriated. Well, I'm going to ex- take. We're going to explain a little bit of that Ooh, to you today. Good. So, so some people, I'd like totally some jump. finicky people, they get irritated with words like television. Do you know why television might be an irritating word to some people? Is it because half of it's Greek and half of it's Latin? Exactly. Yeah, they hate it. What's that called? It's got a name. I don't know. Yeah, but they, yeah, for the for the classicists, they just it hurts them deep, doesn't it? It's a real cu- deep cut. So, mm. do you still consider yourself a scientist? Oh, is that one of those? Yes. Oh. So science is Latin and tist or ist yeah. is from the Greek. So right. there was a big debate at the start of the 20th century about what, what people of our profession, ourselves as men of science, were right. going to call themselves. Because scientist was already a word in common usage. Right. It had started to sort of pervade right. everything. And some people weren't very happy like, about like it. kind of selfie. It was just kind of getting getting in and amongst the yeah, uh, yeah. kind of local vernacular. So there's a I, I'm I've consulted I've been consulting with my friend Walter Gratzer again. Walter Gratzer. Walter Gratzer has written a number of science history books. You say he's not really a friend. He's just written a book. And yeah, he's my sort of have in front he's of my imagine. Well, he's not an imaginary Would friend, you like but to I imagine that with Walter Gratzer. I wish I wish I could. He Is must he be dead? quite old. I don't know. He's not. I don't think. Maybe we should. Maybe he's an emeritus at King's College. We should probably we should try and track him down, have a cup of tea. We should do that. We could get him on the podcast. I Let's do could, that. It? We could try. Because then, then, then he basically completely make us redundant. Because well, let's, let's that, find out. Let, first things first. Let's find out whether he's still alive. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to search it right now. Oh uh, no! Don't do it when we're on the podcast, Steve. All I want right. to tell you about All it. Right, tell me about. Anyway, there was a chap called Werwell, and and Walter Gratzer. He he he's done a book where he sort of. He uh, gets bits and pieces from old natures, and he's put a, made a compendium called a, uh, a bedside nature. And um, yeah, he's, there's a, there was a debate in the pages of Nature in the 1920s about what were people going to be called. And um, yeah, such a such a glorious time, isn't it? When when literally there was so little to do that you could in the literature, the scientific literature, have a debate about what your name was. I'm like, what's the the profession? I love it. Exactly, and there's there's a chap here who wrote a letter called Henry Armstrong. So he was a a bit of a loudmouth, conservative sort of person. And he said things, the real men, those who do things, bakers, butchers, builders, boxers, grocers, even greengrocers, all have a name ending in E-R, er. Science, The term ist is reserved for theosophists. Thaumaturgy. I don't even know what these words are. <laughs> even those who pretend to be but are not chemists. That's wow. you, Steve. No, I'm a chemist. So he wanted it to be called a sciencer, right? That's what he was calling a himself. Sciencer. So we could have we could have, we been, could have been called sciencers. I might put it. And on his my, argument basically is that he's annoyed by the kind of airy fairy theologists. I think it was partially, partially, yeah, that kind of like trumping up. You know, right. the, the ist was kind of a thing to make it sound more impressive than it actually was. Right, so people that get on and do stuff. Yeah, like 5D of, imaging, the we've of, talked about that. The salt of the earth kind of people. <laughs> do you remember I get irritated with you with 5D like, imaging? You didn't like it, did you? No, because I think that's trumping up something. I think, no, for me it's... Ter- anyway, look, anyway. It doesn't matter. that's the same kind of principle, right. I think, because I get irritated by things like this. But yeah, he wanted to be called a sciencer. By the way, Rol- uh, Walter Gratz is totally alive. But, oh great. Yeah, he's... Oh. Yeah, he's, um, he's I'm just looking at it. Let's get in. Let's, let, we'll try and get We'll send him an email. Off. I've got his email right here. 
I'm going to send him an email. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm quite nervous now because I love him. Maybe get him. Don't, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Anyway, he's, you're right that, that it had a sort of derogatory uh, sense about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's another guy, um, another guy wrote in and said, um, uh, the word already has got a taint about it, very much as the word sophist did in Greek. So a sophist is someone who's mm. sort of into sophistry, I suppose, and overcomplicating things. I don't know the background. But anyway, there was a debate about it, and um, we ended up being called scientists anyway. <laughs> so it was too and late. And that's just because just the, 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 the people basically spoke. And I think just, so. It just kind of became I mean, you can't usage. argue with common usage, can yeah. you? Words just get used. People do try and fight that, though, don't they? They don't have a better... Well, the f- kind of the uh, th- another example is in France, they try and get rid of the anglicisation of words, mm. like email. I forget the French word for email, but they've got their own term for that it. That no one uses. That no one uses, of course. Right, but they want it. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was something that was quite interesting. Wow. So what, what, what else does he say in that? They're just someone, just, he's basically was moaning that we should be a sciencer because, because butchers are cool. Well, I mean, another guy, let's go back to Henry again, Henry Armstrong. We shall do well to take notice that scientist is fast becoming a word of evil import in the public ear, <laughs> as meaning one of the set of peculiar people who talk a language no fellow can understand. Some day soon, perhaps, the call may come to label Nature the Journal of Babel. The dictionary oh will then give Babel the language of a sect devoted to an obscure practice known as science. Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need? Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting, Cynic, Steve. That was another episode of the Science Shed. Oh, is it finished already? It's finished already. Oh, well, I was just getting warmed up. I think. Uh, so I saw my mum at the weekend, and she listened to the Science Shed. I saw your mum at the weekend. Did you know? And she said she likes the the um, <laughs> the the sound effect of the saw the most. Uh, yeah, I, I like the saw. The, so the, sh- the shed sounds. Yeah. Maybe we should put more sound shed sounds in the science shed. Let's do it, Steve. Okay, well, so if, if people like this and they want to hear more, uh, please check us out, uh, uh, the science shed on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. Um, yeah, and come and find us on Twitter too. That's right, I'm Steve the Chemist. And I'm the Evans Lab. And we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thanks very much. Bye.